Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Popple, along with two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks, the 2021 season has officially been put to bed with a regular season home loss to Washington. Carl, I mean, I think at this point, going through the nitty-gritty of the game is a little bit pointless. I think everybody saw what they saw. Yeah. It is what it is. And hopefully, for Giants fans, they never have to live through another moment like that again. Because that was that was late 70s-ish kind of feel. And um, as a kid growing up, you know, I was... I heard a point that you made on WFAN, I think it was on Monday, mm-hmm. where you said, uh, you know, at, fan apathy is one thing. Fan atrophy is another thing. So I was born in 1964. My entire youth, the Giants were awful. Mm. Awful. I mean, if you're born in 64 and, you know, kids become in the height of their fandom, you know, like I see with my son, Max, who's seven, you know, six, seven years old that's when you really start falling in love. And I was a Giants fan. My entire family were Giants fans. They talked about championship teams and sneakers games and YA Tittle Mm -hmm. and Frank Gifford. Until this day, my mom can name the starting defense of the 1956 championship Giants. I mean, that strong of a bond. And I grew up in an era where the Giants were never on Monday night football. The games were blacked out. Giants and Jets were awful in the mid-70s. So that's why there's so many damn Cowboys fans in the New York metropolitan area and so many Raiders fans and so many Steelers fans and so many Dolphins fans because those teams were winning. Mm -hmm. And kids gravitate toward winning teams and they gravitate toward being fans of the teams that they see on TV constantly. The Giants never even made Monday Night Football highlights. So I lived through Mm. all of this. And I thought your point was really well taken. Let's say, you know, let's say, you know, you're you're a kid and you're like my son Max's age. He's only seen losing football, losing football. I mean, when, when he had a streak going until the Giants won. Uh, Raiders game was it? I think it was the Raiders game. He had never seen the Giants win a game preseason or home game in his life. Now, I mean, he only been to games for two and a half years, but still. So, <clears throat> when I talked about the uh, fan apathy, that's what we saw on Sunday. We saw thirteen thousand. They say it was eighteen, but it looked more like thirteen thousand. Fans in the stands. So there was zero interest in tailgating. There was zero interest in attending that game. That's apathy. The atrophy, and I and I firmly believe that we're dealing with a generation of kids that are transactional by nature in terms of their fandom, meaning they like who they like because they build fantasy teams they can change that team anytime they want to now fantasy football hasn't ruined um the 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 art of fandom or but what it has done is given people options and then when you've got you know the 20 something year olds who just have not identified or or struggling to identify with your team they're going to identify with the hottest player the hottest team Look, I grew up in Michigan. I became a New York Knicks fan because of Earl the Pearl and Clyde Frazier, point blank. My guys. Right. I didn't know anything about anything else, but Pearl and Clyde, I became a Knicks fan. You mean you weren't a Pistons fan because of Dave Bing? 
Yeah, Dave Bing. I, I like Dave Bing a lot. Bob Lanier. Um, but Pearl and Clyde were the highlights of the NBA at that time. Championship. Yeah. So I I'm telling you that that fandom muscle will atrophy and those kids, because I don't know how many people in my, my, um, social media feed were saying, yeah, we have the red zone. We can watch the, the, the hot teams and the hot players, right? Oh, we have no interest in watching the Giants. That's why we have the red zone. Do not lose the next generation of fans with a bad product. Hey, look, I mean, let's look at Carl. Look, I do the show as my son, Max's room. Yeah, he's seven. Now he's got his Daniel Jones. He's got his Eli. He's got a Saquon home and away. But he also has a Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. He has a Keenan Allen. And over in the corner there, Santa Claus brought him for Christmas lockers. And in those lockers are Devontae Adams jerseys, Cooper Cup jerseys, Justin Herbert jerseys. Mm-hmm. Now, as the voice of the Giants and somebody that works with the Giants, he's not going to not be a Giants fan. And he lives and dies with everything that is the New York Giants, you know, and, and he knows all the players on the team and his son rises and sets with the Giants, but that I work for the Giants. I'm the voice of the Giants. You know, he doesn't necessarily want to stray away from what dad does, but not every kid's dad works for the Giants. Right. And not every kid's, not every seven-year-old kid's dad might be as passionate about it as we are in this house. Mm -hmm. And that's how kids will wind up straying somewhere else. Yeah. So that being said, um note to uh ownership management coaching let's get a good product on the field because it is as much as it is about the star players which kids love these days right and we have star potential we have saquon barkley if he gets back he was one of the most electric football players right but what we what we really want to see, because this is a mature organization and people looked, I say past tense, looked at the Giants as kind of a symbol of stability. Even when there were some lean years, you kind of had to fill in, you know, they'll, they'll make sound decisions. Not so much now. If you look at, again, the public spaces, there's no confidence that the Giants are that team, that organization that can give you the feeling of adulting in management, of making sound decisions. And as a result of that, Bob, unfortunately, there are a lot of people getting accused of a lot of things and that, that have nothing, you know, the, the, the owners, the owner's family, this, that. And look, they've taken these arrows before, but the, the, the misinformation as a result of the instability of decision-making results on the field leaves them open. And there are some, you know, there are a lot of unfair things being said um about ownership again they're used to it so i'm not going to sit here and defend it right all i'm going to say is the way for that to stop is to put a sound plan in 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 place and give people the feeling that this is a mature stable sober-minded team and management you know the 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 i say that the, the pictures of my youth and that's meaning when i played for the giants was wellington mara he was our symbol of stability wellington came to every practice rain sleet or snow um didn't say a lot you knew that by the look on his face sometimes whether or not he was pleased with the team or not um, but always spoke to us, right? And but he was that he was just kind of that that statuesque figure. 
And we knew that, and I think our fans knew that we were in good hands. Again, even in down times, it was more of, what are you going to do to fix this? More so than you guys are clueless, this, that, and the other, and people putting clown faces on and, 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 and all these things. This is where the Giants have to get back to. The, the decisions going forward from this day has to be about restoring the confidence of the fan base. Now, you're not going to make them all happy. But they're gonna be there. There has to be a higher level of confidence that there is some adulting happening, and some some sober-minded decisions being made uh, throughout the organization. You cannot um, continue, and that. And I, I'm gonna be honest with you, in full transparency, it hurts the hell out of me to hear some of the things being said about some very good people you know, in that organization. They lump people in there and I'm like, man, come on, don't. And I can't jump on social media and defend. But but this is where, this is the state of it. You know, people are reactionary to what they see and what they feel. And there's no feeling of a, 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 a mature-minded, uh, managed team. And it's just going all over the place. And that's why, you know, when you go, you know, two and done, two and done, two and done with your coaches and you got crappy personnel and there's no sense of stability. Um, that's what fans divert to. They become the fans that that just have never felt like they had their, their team in good hands. And that's something they got to get back to because, you know, I know that this ownership cares. It bothers them, right? Um, I, I know they want to operate with integrity and they do and they try their best to do that. Have they made bad decisions? That happens, right? Every team does. But there is always the feeling that at some point, it'll get right because either you had a strong-minded coach who would get the ship right, or you had management that would get you the right players and somehow it worked out. Right now, there's just, just a feeling of instability amongst the fan base. And they don't know. They don't know that Joe Judge talks tough and his teams are supposed to reflect that. Um, does Joe Judge even know that, you know, when you talk about <clears throat> the giant fan base, they ain't all blue collar either. You know, yeah, you reflect an area, but this area has got a lot of uh, your, your Wall Street, Wall Street. You got I think um, Eli just joined a, a hedge fund. So those are the guys that are buying the half million dollar suites. Right. So, Joe, you got to appeal to both. And the only way you do that is through the product on the field. The product has to reflect. Yes, it reflects the, 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 the core of, of, of the essence of what Giants football is about. Right. The everyday working man like you go to the diner, you go. Yes, that is the essence. But there's also a level of sophistication also. Um, not that, you know, your everyday blue-collar guy isn't sophisticated. They know football just like the other guy. But you got to appeal to not only that, but there are the people, because there are people in the office that are responsible for selling half-million-dollar suites, million-dollar suites, and you got to care about that too. Because that is why... Your salary goes up, player salaries go up. Um, you got to make sure you appeal to every phase of that. And so you've got to make sure that this team, don't talk it from this point on, show it. Show people what 
you say you are. So show people, and I'm talking about the team, not just Joe. Show the fan base that if you believe in what they're doing systematically, then make manifest that into some wins. So I, I think, Carl, a, a step in the right direction has already been taken in the sense of this list that they've put together. Now, mm. the list that is out there with the potential candidates to be general managers, mm-hmm. none of them really have any ties to the organization having worked there in the past or anything like that. It's a, it's a very strong list that they've put together. Those are just, that's just the list of names of people in which they've had to request permission Mm -hmm. from teams in which those people are employed. Um, And then I'm sure there's going to be some others that they can, maybe they've already reached out to it doesn't become public knowledge because no request has been put in look i i want to i'm gonna i'm gonna say something and you know how this goes with whether it's this show that we do believe in giants or it's anything that we say if we're being interviewed there's going to be always a segment of the fan base that is so angry and so skeptical that they say that you know you're just carrying the organization's water But I know for a fact that they are not going to hire a general manager that's going to come in and hear, is going to say completely what they want to hear. Meaning, as far as the, the head coach's future is concerned, I really do believe that they are going to allow the general manager to do his own evaluation, whoever it is that comes in, and then make a determination. They're not, they're not going to, and I know there's, there's a segment that's watching this right now. And there's a segment of fan base that doesn't believe it. They're only going to hire someone who's going to come in and tell them what they want to hear. And you're not going to get the best person. That's not happening because I'll take you back to the Eli Manning situation. You know, when Pat Shermer, when Pat Shermer was hired, I know for a fact that they, Eli Manning, and there's a narrative that's out there on sports talk radio from some powerful voices within this New York metropolitan area and even nationally that stand on this mountaintop and say that the only reason why certain people got jobs is because they complicitly agreed that you had to keep Eli Manning as your starting quarterback. That was not the facts. Mm. And speaking with, speaking with John Mara and he's gone on record as saying it. They didn't, they didn't do that. They said, come in, do your evaluation. And if we have to move on and make a move, we'll move on and make a move. If you think that we could still get production and win, then we keep them. But that was not a deal breaker. Now. Good. Again, there's people that are watching this that are going to call me on, call me BS. They're not going to believe it. I only can go by my conversations with the person that was running that situation. Cause I know for John Mara, it was, it has been one of the most frustrating narratives for him that he has been portrayed as someone that would only hire somebody that agreed to keep Eli Manning as the starting quarterback and not move on. Right. And that's just not the facts. No. And he got sick and tired of losing. And again, it, it, you have, you know, uh, some of you out there have no idea how much this state of the New York Giants bothers. And it, it, and it, it really eats at this family. And again, I'm going to say they have to go and, and reinstill amongst the fan base that this is a sober-minded organization that will do everything to create the stability, not only in this market, but around the NFL market. That said, when you look at the Giants, yeah, they make mistakes, they may have down years, but they're not flying by the seat of their pants. 
and they make sober decisions. Again, they not, they're not all right, but you just, you, you just get the feeling that there, there's sound minds in the room. Now, and I say this, and this is why I'm so happy that the Giants have this list us out. I don't know who put it out, right? But they are now in the information gathering business. They are going, there's a whole list of people and we can, we'll have some people to talk about this in a minute. But in doing so, they get to understand from the folks that they interview, philosophies on personnel, philosophies on injuries, philosophies on coaching. And I said something yesterday on, on, um, on Monday on local radio here. And I, didn't, I, I hope people didn't misinterpret it when I said the least of a general manager's problems when it comes to taking this Giants job is the head coach. I didn't mean it that he should be saddled with whoever he wants. But if you can agree on philosophy with the head coach, your, your work is just beginning because there is a really bad cap situation that they have to deal with. There's really bad personnel that has to be upgraded pronto before you can even look at where you can improve your team, right? You've got bad personnel that's gotta be changed out. And then you gotta look and see where can I upgrade? And you gotta do that on the fly. So yes, you can have, you can have this, this person and his coach. This coach or his coach. Once that's in place, you got to give this guy something he can work with. And your job as a general manager, and you do not get the luxury of saying, <clears throat> well, I walked in, it was a mess. Well, you took it. It was a mess. You took the challenge. So yes. when you accept the challenge, it's not, I'm accepting this challenge, but you got to give me five, four years to get. No, you see what it is. Come in as a stabilizer, come in as a guy who understands the situation, knows the challenge, and is ready to put a plan in place. You gotta have a plan in place. Yeah, when I say the coach is the least of your problems, once you agree that I can work with this guy, you better start doing the real work. And if you bring someone else in, and you think he gets a scholarship for two more years either, Mm-mm. You know, you can say, well, in fairness, they gave everybody else two years. Now, now, now's the time. It's go time. No longer are we going to talk big and play small. No longer are you going to make promises and people feel insecure about everything they believe in, in your team. And that's why there's so much angst out there amongst the fans, because there's the instability and the insecurity that the team is doing anything to make them feel like there's some stability, right? Lean yeah. times fans understand. Instability, it makes them crazy. So you're coming in, whoever that, that general manager is, you're gonna talk to this coach, you're gonna, and if it's another coach, everybody better be clear-minded. This is not the training wheels job. It's a mess but you don't get a chance to say it's a mess in two years and go behind. We already know it. You said everybody who's going to look at this organization and, and come in and take the job, you can't whisper to somebody, well, it's a mess and it's going to take me a while to clean it up. You better know right away what you're doing, what you're inheriting and have a plan to clean it up. And that plan can't be four years down the line. Right. You don't get a full college scholarship to do that. Yeah, now is the time. And I think anybody that's going into this is coming in eyes wide open. Um, but also realizing that you do have stable ownership. I mean, it's not like ownership, the Mara and Tish family are going anywhere. <coughs> you have an owner that will be out at practice and whatever uh, to lend his support in what you need as far as infrastructure, because they certainly are willing to 
do whatever they need for football operations from an infrastructure standpoint to make it as good as it can be. And whatever changes have to be made, they will continue to do that. Uh, and this person's going to come in and, and yeah, you're hundred percent right. Come in eyes wide open. You know what the job is. You know what the situation is. You know what the cap is. You know what the roster is. Come in with a plan though. Well, because you've got, you've got to restore uh, the feeling that you can stabilize what we have and improve. And that goes for the head coach too. Now, the one thing that I do like about this list is that it is broad. And this means that there's going to be a lot of information coming in and not, you know, people always accuse um, the ownership of only seeking the counsel of those close to them. What looks like now they're getting information from a lot of different places and that should influence some, some broader thinking. All right. All right. So uh, should we bring in our, should we bring in our guests here? The biz? Yes. The biz. Nobody beats the biz. Giants insider newspaper podcast. The biz joins us here on believe in giants. And by the way, fans, you want a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with bet online. It's really simple. Promo code is believe B L E A V believe bet online where the game starts fast. It's easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. He's being introduced with a promo code, Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Chris, the biz, how are you, my friend? How are you doing, biz? Glasses. What's up, biz? I give it a glasses call. What's up, Bob? What's up, call? How you doing? All right. So uh, Believe, that's the promo code, 50% off the welcome bonus. And do you believe? biz in this list that's been compiled well it's you know most of the list is what you expected and and you have to believe and they've done some good things um adrian wilson was a little bit of a surprise but um he's obviously a rising star in this league business wise um do i believe in it yeah somewhat uh bob um but there's a few people i would like to see added to this list um in my opinion um if you want to get into it, I'll start getting into it. So we're having you on. Well, I feel look, look, call Bob. <clears throat> the word culture is used a lot in this building mm-hmm. around the locker room. We heard it from day one when Dave got here, Gettleman, and we hear it now with Judge. We heard it with Sherman, all that. And yeah, you need that culture to get that winning organization, getting that team going. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel, guys. Culture, well, that needs to be changed in 1925 Giants Drive. And look, John's going to go outside the building. We all know that. And that is not a knock on Kevin Abrams, which it, it, it bothers me, guys, when I hear Kevin Abrams you know, being compared to this bad guy. He's all that. Kevin Abrams is a real bright guy. Um, he's a real smart football guy he's he's adding stuff to his resume personnel and all that the last few years and he's going to be probably a gm in this league but he came along Mm -hmm. the wrong time this organization needs an outside voice in the worst way somebody that comes in this building and changes that word everybody loves to use and that's culture and guys his name has not been on is not on the list yet but I think this name better be on the list and better be brought in for an interview. And that is Scott Pioli. Why is that, Chris? Oh, he hasn't been in the league in 10 years. He hasn't been a GM. Well, I, I'll tell you what. Wait, Let's wait. A- before you do that, before you do that, <clears throat> full disclosure, and I, I think everybody who's listened to our podcast know I've worked with Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, I consider him a personal friend. Okay. Um, and I, yes, I favor Scott, but I want the Giants to make a great decision, not a good one, a great decision. And all the things that you've just mentioned, I'm going to co-sign, but I'm telling you right now, mm-hmm. why? Because I know him, I know his work ethic, but also people, and I, I don't know if this is something that you'll get, but I, I, I can fill in some blanks, but people get, should get to know Scott Pioli 
come back and listen to our last pot, right? But I'm going to be fully transparent here. Right. It's, um, and it's the other, it's the other pod. It's not the, uh, it's not the believe in giants podcast. It's the Papa banks podcast that we did. I don't know, two months ago or whatever, three months ago. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just going to be upfront and just say, Scott Pioli is a personal friend. I know his work ethic. Um, I don't know. I, I, it would be a disservice to your, um, your efforts giants. If you do not interview him, I can't tell you who to hire. All I want is what's best for the giants. And I, I firmly believe that if you do not interview Scott Pioli, then you have not done yourself the service of, of, of really exploring the right and the best candidates. So I wanted to put that on record um, because he's somebody who's gotta be in this mix. I don't know if he's already on their schedule or not, but that's somebody who has not only a track record of success being a three-time George Young executive of the year, but he has a very extensive tree that people don't really know about. I'm sorry, Chris, go. Well, some of, no, some, that's of the all people, I got. Some, some of the people on the Giants list right now of people that they've had to ask for permission for, um, came into the league hired by Scott. Developed by Scott. So go ahead, Biz. Uh, give your yeah. thoughts. That's yeah, look, having you. look, Bob, um, that's exactly right. I put that on Twitter last night. Some of these hot candidates for GM, people do, don't realize they were they were discovered by Scott Pioli. Okay. No, 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 not discovered. Hired and they were developed. Hired. They were and hired developed. and developed. Yeah, I'm sorry, Carl. Let me let me let me clear that up. They were hired and developed by Scott Pioli. Carl, I'm going to ask you something because this is what I get a lot when I mention Scott's name, and he's one of my favorites. And I hope the Giants, like you said, they have to do their due diligence and bring this man in for an interview. But Carl, I'm going to ask you something, even Bob, Bob too. This scares a lot of people. Well, yo, Biz, it ended bad in Kansas City. Um, why would you even think about this guy? Look what happened at the tail end of his tenure in Kansas City. Carl, what, how would you respond to that? You know, you tell people that, that are concerned about that. I'd say look at his whole body of work. And if you want to see what happened at the tail end of Kansas City, did he leave a trail of destruction or did he leave the cupboards full? You can ask Andy Reid right. what he inherited right. once Scott was gone. Um, but if you want to look at everything he's done or you just want to look at Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City was a mess for a lot of reasons. I think he hired the wrong coach. And I, you know, I love Todd Haley. Um, but it was it was just kind of kind of nutso, but they got good personnel there. That's his job. Get good personnel. Yeah, I mean then uh <clears throat> then he was a very important part of helping build Atlanta working with Thomas Dimitrov, another guy that he another by the guy. way Right. He brought into the league and groomed. And then uh, Thomas worked under Pioli with the Patriots. And then Thomas got his opportunity with Atlanta. And he was smart enough to bring Scott in to handle all the college stuff to help supplement that roster. And guess what? They wound up in a Super Bowl. So, yeah, you, you I mean, not to hearken the Belichick stuff because there's other examples. But you don't look at Bill Belichick and define him strictly by Cleveland, right? Mm -mm. Um, you're not going to you're not going to identify Scott's entire body of work by um, by Kansas City and by the way you know since since Dimitrov and Belichick I mean since Dimitrov and uh, Pioli left New England I mean New England hit a little bit of a dry spell with some of their drafts a lot of dry spell Bob so anyway finish your point Biz yeah look 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 Bob call um Scott will be a guy that will come in that building and change the culture. Now, you can't just fire every damn scout two months before the draft and all that. 
But what Scott is, will do, he's going to come in there and he's going to stop bringing his people in. And mainly, mainly, he is going to spread his philosophy to his scouts. This is the type of player I want. Do not come in my office with a project. Guys, I do not view as a type of football player I want. When, they, when these scouts come to Scott in his office and they look at a college prospect, okay, it, it better be what he wants. Now, he when, you say, when you say what he wants, obviously that has to be aligned with the system and the coaching also. Because you right. can't have a disconnect. If you want one type of system and the coach wants something else, you can't give him players that he doesn't want. You know, that was the old Bill Parcells. If you want me to do the cooking, help me do the shopping or let me right. do the shopping. Well, if you're going to be doing the shopping, make sure that you're aligned with right. who's coaching. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I've worked with Bill Polian for quite some time on Sirius NFL radio, and, and he would always say to me, he said, you know, you got to you got to pick players based on your core philosophies as far as certain things that you identify in a football player. But then you also have to pick players for your your team. And he, he would always tell me the story. And this was, you know, he, he had since left uh, as the general manager of the Colts, but he said, you know, our draft board in Indy, I'm sure, was very different than Bill's draft board in New England based on the style of play. We're playing mm. indoors. We're an offensive team with Peyton Manning. Uh, the, the kind of defense that we're running, we're looking for smaller, quicker off the edge, edge rushers. He goes, the kind of defense they're playing in New England, they need big body guys. So, yeah, your draft board is going to have to reflect the style of play that you're going to have on the football field with your coaching staff. But then also, whoever the general manager is, and I learned something. I, I um, spoke when we were in, in L.A. I got a chance to speak with uh, Jojo Wooden, their um, vice president of player personnel, who, you know, Scott developed. And uh, we worked together when we were with the Jets. He was a kid then, right? So we're talking about injuries around the league. And here's the one thing that, this new general manager, you better have, you better be very crystal clear with it. Cause Jojo said, we just don't believe in drafting guys with an injury history. He said, it just never, it never really gets better. Every once in a while, a guy, if he has injury history, he kind of bucks the training, but he says, it's not worth it to invest high in a guy who has an injury history because they just never get better or it's always a different injury after that. So um, I know we've seen the giants have seen their share of injuries. Um, and there are some guys who came through the door with an injury history. You have to change that philosophy as best you can. If you're picking players out of college might be a shiny toy and it might look good, but it ain't never on the road, then that ain't the one you want. Because right now it's, it's, it's a risky proposition with healthy players. Um, Jackson in Baltimore is your franchise quarterback. He's missed five games this year due to injury. And I don't think he had an injury history. So if you if you take if it's if it's a, a a risky proposition just keeping your healthy guys healthy, think about the guys who come in with injury histories. Now you add that to the mix. Now you've lost your supporting cast. So um, you got to get as many guys with with strong injury histories into your organization than not. He runs fast. He makes people miss. So he's a physical guy. He does this. He does that. How many games did he miss? Did he practice in college? Why didn't he practice in college? Well, was he nursing something? All of these things have got to be laid out for your scouts and your talent evaluators. First thing you want to know is give me injury history because the Giants have been decimated by it. 
and you want to give them the best chance to have success by giving them healthy players. You know, you've got those are the philosophies, no matter who it is, that that general manager has to instill in their scouting. Um, again, Jojo Wooden, Chargers developed under Scott Pioli. So during his formative years, that is how he learned to evaluate talent. And, and look, Carl, obviously, you know, we all want what's best for this organization. And this is going to be a huge hire coming up. And we all hope they get the right one. That, that's our goal, right? Because mm -hmm. what, has, what they have done in that building the last 10, 11 years has not worked. And this is all I'm saying about Pioli is that this is a man you have to bring in. I'm sure he wants to get back in the game. You know, I'm sure he's be very interested. He's a Northeast guy. You know, he's not, he's from the area and all that. Um, to me, like you said, Carl, it would be not, I'm trying to use the right word, but I don't want to say, you know, but it would be a mistake, Mr. Mara, if you do not bring this man in and see what he has to say, because not only does he have an unbelievable history in drafting, okay, but his free agent signings call the trades he made when he was with Belichick. Don't forget he was part of the trade for Wes Welkers. He was part of the Randy Moss trades. When he was mm. with the jets, he signed the likes of Kevin Mawise. Okay. Brian Cox, guys, guys like that. Vinny Testaverde's, you know, over there with the jets. When he was with the Ravens, he stayed on another year when they moved to Baltimore, he was part of the process that drafted the likes of Jonathan Ogden's and Ray Lewis. Okay, this man has a talent for personnel. It would be a shame. Mr. So you Mara, just like mentioned yeah. like three Hall of Famers. Yeah, I, I, I just um, look at, and it's going to be so. Look, Richard Seymour, a guy he drafted, call. Mm. Okay, look at some of the guys when he was with Belichick in New England. He even took a shot. He even he even used a fourth rounder on Steve Kaskowski, who we all know his career as a kicker. Matthew Slater probably going to go in the Hall of Fame as a special teamer. Yeah. So uh, the, the eye for talent, look, that's something this organization, Bob, the other day I was on a radio and I, and I asked this radio host, I said, could you name how many, how many Giants do you think got second contracts since the 2012 draft? Guy says, oh, you know, three, Chris, two. No, I said there's two. Shep and a guy named Odell Beckham Jr., who was traded shortly thereafter. The ink didn't dry on his. The ink didn't even dry, and then Gettleman, you know, we all know what happened there, okay? So this is what I'm talking about, guys. Mr. Mara has to bring this man in, in my opinion, and call. obviously you feel, Bob, I guess you feel with me, that this man will change everything that's in that building, which desperately needs to be changed. I'm sorry, okay? He will spread his branches out over the next few years. And look, he's got a track record. How could you not call and look, call you like you just mentioned, you have a personal relationship, you know, but am I wrong in this call that this guy needs to be brought in here and sit down and see what he has to say? Because well, because he could change this stuff around a couple right. of years. Call. Go ahead. Because you go ahead. Call. Look, call. I'm going to hand over you, obviously, because you, hey, hand, hey, hand it over you back tell to me. I'm handing it over to you, Mr. Banks, because um, you tell no, me you play with listen, him and all, you put all that stuff. Go ahead. I, I want what's best for the Giants. Yeah. I yeah. am not bashful about that. I don't have another team that I root for and want to have a lot of success. It is the New York Giants, right? Um, I want what's best for them. And if they're casting a net and they're listening to different philosophies from all the people on these lists, a few of which worked under Scott, then it's beneficial for them to have a conversation with Scott Pioli. He has an impressive resume. He is a sober-minded mature thinking um, talent evaluator. Um, I'm sure he'll have a plan because he's never not prepared, but I think it is worth that conversation. And I only want the Giants to pick the guy that they feel best, 
but don't, don't, don't necessarily pick the guy that you're comfortable with or somebody tells you hmm. that this is a guy that you, you can feel comfortable with. The guy that you feel comfortable with is where we are now, right? And all of those guys can speak for themselves. So I'm not going to bash people, right? But the results are what they are based on that. You need a whole comprehensive plan. And I don't think it's a, it's, it's not a training wheels job. You know, there's a mandate right now and an expectation to hit the ground running. And that includes the head coach and your draft. Now they drafted pretty good the last two years, but now you got to change personnel. You got, you know, you're going to lose some guys and you probably won't miss them, but you got to still replace them with better players. So um, I hope that he gets the opportunity to speak with ownership along with the rest of this crew. Like I said, like we said, many of which he hired out of high school, um, a lot of which he developed, you know, what I mean high school as high school coaches. Um, so I just think, you know, he has a track record in terms of how he wants to uh, build a personnel department, a vision for how a coach wants to see a team. Now he's he's done it in three different systems. So he's, he's had different coaches. So he's had to build personnel based on uh, a direction mandated by both the coaches and, you know, his, his personnel area. So, I mean, again, He's gotten them from all walks of life. He's developed them and they've become pretty good people, pretty good um, personnel people, you know, vice president of personnel, general manager, uh, Eric DaCosta. He was. Uh, yep. That's a Scott's guy. Trinity, Trinity line. I think it was Trinity. He was a coach at Trinity. Right. So look where he's ascended to. Right. So there, there's a lot of those stories that people probably don't know about. And I don't have his whole list of what the part of the, no, I said the Parcells tree, the Belichick, and the, the Pioli tree mm -hmm. is, but he's got a tree, you know, and if you just start digging around, you'll see a lot of folk, not from just high level, but guys who are integral in the stabilization and the development of players of coaches and of scouts so I think it's just he's a guy that you need to have in the room when I run my business I had to hire a new um, executive vice president for one of my divisions I brought in six or seven guys we had a headhunter and this person worked here this person I got a, as much information as I could and I got a guy that some people say it wouldn't work because he didn't do exactly what I was looking for. Well, exactly what I'm looking for is exactly why I'm looking for someone new. You know what I mean? So I needed more information. I need a different train of thought that, to help me develop a new division I have. I don't want it to look the same as it has, has, as it has looked. It needs to be different and it needs to be um, moving in the right direction. So um, as business people, we have to bring in bright minds, some of which we um, agree with, some of which we don't, but then we learn from talking to bright-minded people, even if it doesn't work out. So Biz, um, yeah, just kind of been wrapping up here a little bit. What, what is the direct, uh, what's the timeline do you think here? To hiring a new GM, yeah. I mean, because well, go you got you got senior bowl coming up. I mean, you got while the team while while the teams are going on into the playoffs, the fortunate seven from each conference, 2022 season starting for everybody else. Yep. Yeah. So, um, the senior bowl is what Bob February first, right? Or February fourth, right around there. So, um, do you get any sense of what a timeline is? Two week, two weeks, tops. Okay. You like the list? 
I like some guys on the list. Some guys, I, look, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm going to, well, I really don't know much about him. You know, uh, look, Monty Austin for obviously is a hot name. That's Scott Pioli hired. Um, um, well, so Rick like- Smith, it should be on that list too. If Monty's on that list, Rick was pretty good too. Now, Rick is the one who built that uh, that Texans team when JJ and those guys were there. So yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I like some of the guys, and list some guys. I'm like, well, I really don't know. You know, call uh, uh, Bob. Obviously, you just see what they, you know, what they're doing now and what they've done. Um, but it's it's a wide look. He's Maris bringing a lot of people in, man. Um, That's a good and- thing. Which is like you just said, yeah, Carl. I was just going to say that very well. Um, very well said is that's a very good thing, you know. Bring in different people, get different philosophies, sit down, and all that. So, Bob, you know, you know, with the with the Senior Bowl coming up and all that. Um, to me, you got to start wrapping this up in a couple of weeks. Uh, I don't know how you feel, but well, here's the other thing too. Um, if that whoever that. Um, general manager is as they go through this process you do run the risk the longer this take not only on the personnel side Mm -hmm. but if you decide hey look i'm gonna meet with joe i don't like joe judge i want to replace him well what do you replace them with because a lot of the quality candidates that they're probably jumping on jobs in the next two weeks too yep so um finding the right marriage of personnel and someone who can align with a head coach the right head coach because like you can bring your own guy and if he ain't worth a damn then again you're you know unfortunately for them the pressure's on today because everybody is fed up right so if you can align with the existing coach here and this coach also let me just say this this coach has to also be able to receive information, know what he doesn't know, or know that there could be a different way. Um, Because clearly his lack of oversight on the offensive side of the football tells me that information and how he manages information from week to game day, there's a disconnect. So he's got to be able to like, you know, receive information too. So, but that's a whole nother podcast in terms of, you know, how can Joe Judge improve? Should well, he? Uh, yeah, stay? I mean, and it's still deciding, right, Carl? Right. I mean, you know, look, Joe's meeting with Tish and he's meeting with John next few days, and mm-hmm. that's not even decided yet. Right, but there's, you know, again, the quality candidates out there for the, this type of job. Um. Nope. Go ahead. Let me ask you this, Carl and Bob. Um, do you feel this job, the Giants general manager, is a job that should go to somebody who's promoted first-time GM? Or do you feel it should be more of an experienced guy? Like like, like a guy I just mentioned, like, like a Scott who's been around the block numerous times. How do you feel about that? I bet you better have an idea of how you, – you should pretty much have a plan on how you're going to navigate a – really bad or challenging cap situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to have an idea of what this personnel looks like, uh, the history of where your drafting went wrong and how you can correct it. You just can't walk in and say, I'm the guy for the job because I worked under, you know. Yeah, the, John Robinson or something like that, right? Yeah. How, well, what, can you tell me what, John, what made John Robinson good? What is it about him? What is his philosophy? All of these things have to, for first time guys, they've got to really be able to articulate um, how their vision was formed. What is the vision? What is the plan for the organization? What do you know about this organization outside of the mess that you see and you read? Okay, how did we get here? How could you, if you had to do it over, where would you have started? What year? Should the rebuild have what happened? It's revisionist history, but if you've been in this business long enough, then you can see, well, here's X, Y, and Z, right? Um, and here's where you need to move forward and build on X, Y, and Z. These are all things that that general manager candidate, if you're young and you're a first timer, you better come prepared. You better come prepared because 
It's not, you know, tell us what made your boss great and tell us how you can apply some of those things within this organization and how it can benefit my quarterback, my coaches, my scouts. This is going to be quite a challenge, Carl and Bob, for the guy. That well, of course, because of course it like is. Some of the reasons you just mentioned. Man. Well, yeah, you don't get a head start. You don't get a pass. You got to go do it now. Yeah, the reason why the, the reason it's like when there's coaching changes, the reason why there's an opportunity here is because there was a failure previously. Yeah. And they, yeah. And you look, <laughs> you, th you throw in a mix of Sally cap situation. You have a you know, quarterback. Still a lot of question marks on. You, you might have to hire a new coach. We don't know where that's going. You know what I mean? It's, it's right, I mean, quite it, a challenge. You don't Can normally, I you don't, you don't normally get normally when this job opens up, right? It's not the handoff job. Like right. there was, the, there was no, a handoff, like George Young. It's no succession. Handed, handed off to Ernie Acorsi. George's last year as the general manager was 97. They finally right. got back in the playoffs. They had a nucleus of young players set Ernie up to keep cultivating that team super bowl in 2000 didn't win it ernie kept restocking the cupboard got the quarterback of the future handed it off to jerry reese in 07 he ran with it and won a couple super bowls but for the most part when these jobs open up they open up because of failure previously and you're right. usually inheriting a mess same thing with coaching changes um can I just give you one more? Um, and again, I, I'm un, un, unabashedly making a case for Scott Pioli to get an interview. I'm not advocating for the job. They'll make that decision. But did you know he, Josh McDaniels worked for him as well? I forgot all about that one. Josh McDaniels was in personnel before he became a coach and then a coordinator. So Oh, Carl, can I just jump to Didn't Brian that, Flores? Didn't Brian Flores too? Yeah. Yeah. Brian Flores was one of the guys that were like kind of scout, but. Yeah. He was a grad assistant, I think at Boston college or something. Yeah. Yeah. But think about this folks, how real. And this may not be one size fits all, but just think of the development of how good coaches have developed. They develop understanding personnel first and formulating philosophies. Like nobody's going to dispute that Josh McDaniels is one of the best play callers in this game. I mean, and he adjusts based on, you know, what's available to him. But just the fact that he actually worked under Scott as a scout slash personnel person, talent evaluator, that says a lot, you know, just, but that's just the, you know, some of the branches on the tree. And um, again, I don't know if they have him scheduled for an interview. I am ad I'm advocating for that. They'll make the decision on who's best for the job, but I think this is a, is, this is a voice you need in the room to get, have a greater understanding of what, it takes to to get this this team back to that stature of of being stable all right couldn't um more, couldn't agree with you more listen it's uh i love the list i mean i don't, I, I i don't know really any of these guys i mean honestly i don't really know them i just know of their resumes what i've read about them and that uh, they're very well respected so far, the list that they compiled. And again, this the list that we're seeing is the list of people that they needed to get permission from other teams to right. talk to. So they might already be talking to other potential candidates that they did not need to get right. permission from who are out on the street. Um, all right. Uh, well, we're going to we're going to have to revisit this as we move forward. Fizz, yeah, we appreciate a couple minutes. And for folks that um, folks that want to get to know Scott a little bit, we had an interview with him. Uh, it wasn't, you know, per se him just talking about, you know, the job. But we, if you want to get an idea of of who he is, we we spent a good amount of time reminiscing on the early days. So you'll get a chance to talk. You'll get a chance to understand who he is on the uh, Papa Banks pot. We'll repost yeah. that.
Uh, yeah, and it's it's yeah, we could get we could get Alex to send us that link and we can repost that as well. All right, uh, Biz, I'm sure we'll visit with you again. How can fans follow you, my friend? Just go to at Giant Insider and you can listen to the podcast, the Giant Insider podcast, which is twice a week. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Carl. Um, Thank you. And you know, hope you know, we're all hoping that this uh, the new guy comes in here and gets it rolling. Indeed. Biz with the big pen. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. <laughs> Papa Banks, believe in Giants. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.